Welcome back to another edition of the SCSI Football Podcast. We're sorry for our intermittent moments. We, we kind of think it was the international break, but it wasn't the international break. It was a break of some sort for us. Anyway, there's so many things to talk about. The schizophrenic nature of Aberdeen. Are they going to win? Are they going to lose? Against good teams, bad teams, who knows? Hearts, are they going to win? Are they going to lose? Against good teams, bad teams, who knows? Rangers, they've been digging out results. Celtic, they have been grinding out results too. And there's been some European action and there's going to be some more FIFA World Cup qualifiers. Qatar is imminent. I was on my website today looking for my Qatar hospitality seats. They've not got normal council seats going yet, but I'm sure that Anthony Maguire will be there for one of them. He's in Perth, I'm in Sydney. Good to talk to you. How are you doing? Richard, how are you? What an introduction. Yes, apologies listeners. Um, Life has a way of getting in the way of the podcast at the moment, so I do apologise, but we are back. Uh, We will uh, give you a bit of a review of the season so far, the last couple of weeks in the SPFL, and uh, yeah, we'll give our thoughts on Scotland's chances of making it to Qatar, and no, I don't can't see myself being in Qatar uh, next year, Richard. But uh, I might be sitting on the couch watching it at home. But that's okay. Um, let's start with I'll some t- league, I'll take league you, action. I'll take you. Um, okay, <laughs> you take me. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you. Very yeah. good. <laughs> if we make it, we're going. Uh, we've got to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll see. Maybe maybe the women's World Cup, Australia. Maybe, maybe that's doable. Uh, we'll, more we'll see. doable. Yeah, it's more likely. Um, Right, let, let's. I'll just, I'll flip, spin the wheel, and I'm ready to start with uh, Hearts five, Dundee United two. Talk me through it, Richard. What happened? Uh, well, this was a great game. I think first and foremost, I think that's one of the things to say about it. And um, Ben Woodburn scored. I think the third goal is is an absolute collector's item. It was a beauty. Um, but yeah, United kind of suffered a wee bit. Like you know, Ben Segrist horrible, horrible error for the first goal, um, which is uncharacteristic. Um, and then Ryan Edwards, a, a decent equaliser, which if you were anywhere else other than the stadium, other than the slow-mo camera that picked up the deflection, it looks like an absolute belter. I mean, it, fun- it comes from it comes from nowhere. It's you funny can't that deflect you, the ball out. It's funny that you say that, because the first thing I wrote down in that game, I was watching the highlights, was two words, Ryan Edwards. And then I watched the slow motion replay, and I just crossed that out because it takes a, <laughs> it just takes a wicked deflection. But the first yeah. angle you see at it looks like a worldie. It looks like it's just beat Craig Gordon in like midair, and it's just yeah. like wow, he's he's had the audacity to shoot from like forty yards. But I mean, it, it takes a deflection. But in fairness, I mean, fair play to the guy for chancing his arm that far out, and you know, to beat Craig Gordon from there, deflection or not. Um, Still a still a still a, a very, very good effort. And it got, as you say, it got to the United back in the game at two one. Um and then Ben Woodburn scores there and make it three one. And then uh, Nicky Clark with diving header makes it three two. So fair play to Dundee United, look, they kept fighting. Um, but they just never could seem to just get enough momentum, I suppose, just to to get to get level level pegging and try and sort of get a result from the game, I guess. It's interesting. Remember, we talked about all this last season about Dundee United's central defence and how it was a row of condemned yes. buildings, anything waiting to happen. And Charlie Mulgrew had changed that. And then Charlie went off a half time injured. And it did make a big difference to the game. But having said that, Hearts played very, very well. And, and again, lots of good performances across the park. I think that they are 
a very entertaining team to watch at the moment and and they are right in the mix and I think that this is time now to begin to say actually maybe these guys might not just be bit part players you know they, they may be the team who are likely to you know challenge or get in between because we spoke about this about Hibs earlier on the season when Jack and the boys were all looking great but Robbie Nielsen's doing a great job no, no, they, they definitely are. Um, I, I think they're at some of their parts because I, I, you look at the names on the, the sheet, team sheet, and you're sort of not really recognising that many out and out. No well-known player, Craig Gordon, obviously, um, yeah, man that used to play for um, for Rangers, um, but they just seem to like play well together as a team. It's good to see um, uh, John Suter back as well um, from injury. Yep. Uh, he scored. The week, he he scored a wonderful goal the week before um, uh, Aberdeen uh, against yeah. Aberdeen, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's actually ends up getting a call up to the Scotland squad, which we'll discuss in a, in a little bit. So he had a horrific two seasons of of like you know career potentially career ending mm. injuries. But mm. I was yeah. listening to him on an interview during the week, and he just he just takes every game as it comes now, and he's just sort of said, you know, hopefully that's, that's it behind him. And he's, he's, he's back and playing, but like, he's almost like a new player for, for hearts because he's, um, you know, he's really, really standing tall in the back line. And, and that's how they're basing the, well, usually basing their wins is off of, not, not, not conceding many goals at the back. So you hearts, always need, well to, and truly, you always need a world-class keeper. Craig Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, he's, he's, he's got, still got the, actually I think Liam Kelly just eclipses him now for the most saves, Oh, okay. In the league yeah. at the moment, but uh, he's not far behind him. Um, I will come back with those stats specifically in a little bit. But uh, oh, yeah, so is that after Aberdeen's trip uh, or Motherwell's trip to Aberdeen, where um, basically it was Shooty in and uh, our plasterer Van Veen, uh, all the way from Herenveen, had uh, come and plastered Aberdeen? I didn't rehearse that. I did not rehearse that. <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, no, that that would include the weekend's res- uh, results. Uh, Liam Kelly sitting on 60 saves from 13 matches. Craig Gordon on 53 saves. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of work a lot of work getting done in the Motherwell and Hearts goals at the moment. Um, well, we may as well turn our attention to um, Aberdeen, though, Motherwell too. It was the Van Bean show. Um, Ab- so Aberdeen actually putting Motherwell under a lot of pressure to start yeah. with. I mean, the, it was it was it was some good stuff, just lacking that final little bit of polish just in front of goal, but really really bombarding Motherwell, you know. And then same usual same old story um, for Ab- Aberdeen that the first chance that they concede or give up and it ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, um, with a so, huge hole in defence, and yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's no excuse really. But I, I look. I, I think Motherwell were very lucky. They, they probably two bus loads of fans. It was quite interesting actually. Aberdeen two games at home, so they beat they beat um, Hearts. That that broke Hearts' unbeaten run. Uh, Aberdeen beating Hearts two one in in the game prior to this, and then at home again against Motherwell, thinking, all right, we're just beating Hearts. They've been going pretty well, and then lots of pressure, lots of chances, and then just not taking them. I think is probably the, the, the up and down of it. And Motherwell absolutely taking theirs. Yeah, I mean, I think the second goal, I think Scott Brown sort of peels off 
Kevin Van Bean then stands on the line and then watches Kevin Van Bean head out into the back of the net and is then remonstrating with his defense and why was no one picking him up? I'm going, I'm pretty sure you were meant to be picking him up. But anyway, <laughs> but that's, a, that's a good tactic. Just point the finger at someone else and you're like, why is he not being picked up? But he, 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 was, he was the one that was actually marking him at the time. But anyway, um, so yeah. yeah, two goals in seven minutes and that, that busted the game wide open and Motherwell smash and grab, walk away with three points. And Aberdeen are probably scratching their heads going, how did, how did that happen? But it did. So back to the drawing board for Stephen Glass, but Aberdeen on a slightly better footing than where they were um, probably when the last time we broadcast the time before that. So, um, you know... They, on the same points as Hibs now. On the same points as Hibs. Yes. Yes, so, uh, Hibs, uh, Hibs, yes. Hibs with... Uh, well, we probably should cover that now. Hibs with uh, two games in hand. So their uh, game against Livingston at the weekend was postponed uh, and their match against Ross County also postponed from the week before. Uh, due to uh, several COVID positive cases in the squads, and that knocked out most of the most of the first team through first contact. Um, sorry, close contact. Um, first contact's a Star Trek movie. Um, close contact <laughs> um, protocols. Um, so yeah, a bit interesting there. I, I haven't seen much detail around why so many players. So my, my understanding of the rules were if you were fully vaccinated double vax then the the these um quarantine sort of requirements aren't quite as stringent but it makes yeah, me that think may be part of the problem actually yeah i think part of the hip squad isn't fully vaccinated which yeah. you know beggars belief and at the moment the league's granted them the 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 two games to be postponed and replayed at, at a later date but um interesting how that will you know interesting yeah. like how that's already player and why and then there was also a few rumors that um potentially some hips players were out on the lash um the, the weekend of the result of the positive test is coming out but um that was quickly hosed down by this hip ceo who said it came from the blue side of glasgow um actually <laughs> said that in our in our press conference so um interesting so i guess watch this space but um, so that's cool. So how, we, we so we don't need yeah. to get the lawyers on it, which is good. Um, yes. Rangers yeah. uh, absolutely indomitable. They they played a fantastic performance against Malou. Um, yeah, a wee bit lucky um, in the early stages of the game. Really good goal from Mugabe to open the scoring, and and it was very exciting. But um, Fashion Sakala, wow. Yeah, well, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the two games in tandem because obviously they beat Ross County 4-2 at home on the weekend as well. Um, both again, games, from behind. Both times they've conceded the first goal and uh, um, Stephen Gerrard sort of pointed this out and said well, like, they're making it really hard for themselves, like doing a goal down every week. Um, and it, it shows the clean sheet tables because John McLaughlin's only sitting on two clean sheets for Rangers. Um, so that's one of the lowest... Um, for the for the um, for the league, um, we'll come back to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, Rangers, I think they were they were on top against Motherwell, and then Motherwell got a player sent off, and then I think that was the then they got their fourth and fifth goals after that sort of thing. So I think that obviously just sealed the deal and made it a really comfortable afternoon at, at Fir Park. Um, but then against Ross County, um, it was a wonderful goal from uh, Ryan Kent. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. Up and over, uh, and a really nice header from Joe Rebo to equalise to make it one each uh, from a corner, yeah. um, and a, a late yeah. consolation from uh, Kent. Looked like Australia. a looked like a beach ball actually, didn't it? When Kent struck it, like, yeah, he hit it so yeah, hard. Yeah, it, it really, yeah. it really did sort of dip 
And um, it was quite funny because one of the Rangers players was on the floor trying to get a penalty. penalty. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> like the game's going yeah. on, and then like yeah. he scored, and then and he's still yeah. on the floor touching his head. So I'm not <laughs> actually right. sure if he actually was injured or whether he was just still thinking he was trying to get a penalty. I'm not too sure, but it'd be um, quite interesting but, to see the camera <laughs> angles after that and see whether yeah. he kind of got up to join the celebration. Yes, what's is it? I'm sure he. I'm sure he was feeling a bit sheepish if uh, he wasn't actually injured after that. But um, but yeah, but like it was just. Um, yeah, like that. Rangers at the moment are a bit of a funny, funny beast. Like it's, um, I, I, I just get the feeling that Stephen Gerrard's trying to figure out how these new players fit in. So, Sakala and um, uh, is it Bakuna? Is he the, the other four? Yes, Bakuna, yeah, Junior Bakuna. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so just trying. To, I just try to suss out how that all fits in. He's dropped Morales, who doesn't look the sharpest. Uh, obviously, Ryan Kent's back. Ryan Jack was back as well. Um, so they're, they're, they're starting to get some of the players, the, the better, more established stars back. So I think you might see Rangers doing a little bit more of a consistent run in the lead up to, to Christmas. Um, but they need, if I they're going to win. No, sorry. I think they've had less certainty in central defence. And I think that that partly comes from the goalkeeping thing. Um, and, and I think that I've watched a few games now back and had to, some time to kind of, you know, have a wee bit of a closer look at it. There has been a wee bit of less certainty in selection because of injuries and so on and so forth. They have enough quality in terms of depth. Um, but yeah, there's certainly less central defensive certainty and there's certainly less um, goalkeeping certainty. I think Alan McGregor, this might be his last season. Um, yeah, I'd, and, I'd, I'd, I'd echo that because the two goals he was beat, he was beat down low again. He was nutmegged for one of the goals and the other one he couldn't get down low enough to, to save it. So I think you might find that particularly if Rangers were to win the league this season that he would um, probably like bow out. But I, don't, I definitely feel the age this season has, has sort of caught with him. I think John McLaughlin's a, a more than adequate deputy and I think, you know, he could be the Rangers number one it's not a it's not a Celtic situation where you've got Joe Hart and really nobody else I, th- I think John McLaughlin is a, is capable of being the Rangers number one but I think as you say that chopping and changing with the goalkeeper it leaves a little bit of uncertainty at the back Philip Hollander's out injured um, so yeah I think that that might be contributing somewhat um, and I think also playing Bassey and Barisic he seems to be swapping Swapping them out, he's swapping Tavernier and Patterson out. Yeah. So he's really yeah. sort of, as much as he's rotating, I think that's maybe contributing to that defensive defensive frailty that does seem to be there for Rangers, which you might add was really where they based their season or their title win last season was based yes. on clean sheets. Yeah. Um. So yeah, watch watch this space, I guess. Speaking of clean sheets, Celtic against Livingston. Oh. Well, I was I was a wee bit boozed up when I watched the first half, thankfully, and I passed out and didn't see the second half. I, I didn't see uh, Georgius Giotramakis' uh, penalty. I think it was all a bit dubious as to whether Celtic should have had a penalty in the 93rd minute, but I guess the football gods um, decided that it wasn't to be anyway because, by all accounts, it was one of the worst penalties uh, in the century. Um, v poor. I kind, of, I kind of passed to the keeper to his right. Interestingly enough, like Celtic get thinned about their defence being sh- shaky and, and letting in cheap goals. And they did let a couple of cheap goals down against Dundee at the weekend. They won 4-2 away from home at Dens Park. But Joe Hart's actually sitting on six clean sheets for the season out of 12 matches and now has the, the highest clean sheet tally 
uh, in front of Xander Clark, who's on five, and Benjamin Cedarist, Matt Macy, and Shriak, and Craig Gordon, oh, sorry, and Jack Alnick, who are all on four. So, um, so he's actually, Celtic have actually really turned the corner in terms of defensiveness to a certain degree. Um, they seem more assured. Um, but yeah, couldn't get the job done against Livingston. I think they missed Tom Rogic, who was out injured um, from the. It was from the Europe, uh, the game against Fenish Varos. He, he picked yeah. up an injury and, and, and couldn't play. Yeah, so he's not um, traveling. And uh, Australia playing Saudi Arabia tomorrow evening, actually, in Parramatta. Um, and Tom's not going to be there because he's injured. Yeah. Yeah. I just, he just has that ability just to find that pass. And he did it against, oh, I'm trying to remember what team. I was against Aberdeen. He was the one that just came off, came off, um, sorry came off the subs bench and just mm. managed to find the pass that, that that got Celtic the winner against Aberdeen. So he has that ability just to do something a little bit different and just unlock, especially when teams are sitting deep and, and defending deep. So Celtic have to obviously overcome that, but um, they didn't seem to have any problems banging the goals in against Dundee at the weekend, um, looking really, really dangerous in certain parts of play. Uh, Tony Ralston with three assists, um, who he also signed a new contract about two weeks ago, so that, that'll be him there for another two to three seasons. And also, Greg Taylor also signed a new contract as well, so they've, they've signed a signed up the left and right yeah. back for, for the foreseeable future. Um, I think will play yeah, with those the two kind goals. Go yeah, I was just trying to say, but the two goals that um Celtic did concede, um, the first one I felt um Stephen Welsh was a bit bit meek in terms of getting ahead on it and he sort of fell over and sort of was beaten by by stronger more sort of dominance onto the player trying to go for the ball and the second one Joe Hart tried to come and clear it and and, and missed it missed it and absolutely like was nowhere near it sort of thing so he was definitely at fault for the uh, for the second one which is unusual because Joe Hart really hasn't put a foot wrong or hands wrong since he's uh, been in the Celtic goal but um, definitely culpable for the second one but thankfully for him it didn't matter a jota um and uh, boom, yeah, boom. Uh, boom, boom, and uh, yeah, the, the the some of the combination play between Jota and Kyogre was really quite scintillating, which was culminated in that fourth goal. It was not a nice wee cut back for Kyogre, and he slapped it home. His left foot made it look rather easy, but it was anything but. Um, so yeah, Celtic going well. International break probably not coming at the right time because they're just sort of getting getting back to. Looking, looking the team that they that they can be, but it's going to make an interesting run into the next, yeah, to the next, to the next old farm game. Because I mean, the, the 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 question around Celtic was this this October um, run of fixtures because at that point they were fifty fifty in the league in terms of league wins. They had away trips to Aberdeen, Fir Park, Easter Road. They won all three. And then the one, the one they drop points at is Livingston at home. But and then they've also managed to take maximum points in the Europa League as well, beating Fenerbahce Varos home and away. So, um, so I think you know, Ange can sort of take a lot of heart in the fact that they've they've really come through that that section quite well, keeping the pressure on Rangers, um, and it, it just sets the league up nicely and it gives them half a chance in uh, in Europe as well. If you missed it, Samirn and St. Johnson drew nil nil, but they all got booked. Pretty much everyone got booked. Well, everyone, uh, everyone and, got booked. Uh, and if, yeah, and at five and a half minutes of uh, highlights, it could have been thirty seconds. Uh, I think Glenn Milton probably had the best chance of the game with the first kick of the game, and then it yeah. was all downhill from there after that. Aye. I think. 
It was a, a kind of mid-table obscurity, obscurity, midfield obscurity too. And Simran succumbed to Dundee, Dundee's first win of the season. Is that the first win of the season? I think it is. Anyway, if the league was to end today, and it won't because we've COVID apparently passed, Rangers are top of the league with a goal difference of 16. 30 points. Celtic goal difference 21 on 26 points. Hearts are in third place, 24 points. Uh, Dundee United in fourth with 21. Motherwell are fifth in 18. Hibs now uh, equal in points with Aberdeen. Sixth and seventh. Uh, Hibs have played two games less, as you said. They're on 15 points. St. Myrna are also on 15 points, but they've also played 13 games. St. Johnson a point below them in 14th. And then the bottom three, Livingston 12, Dundee 10 and Ross County adrift at the bottom with six points, but they've got a game in hand over Dundee and also are seven goals better in the goal difference stakes. Scotland are playing this week. Anthony, what do you think? Well, we've we've managed to recruit a new centre forward. Um, so it turns out that Jacob Brown from Stoke uh, he's off to a bit of a flyer. He's five goals and five assists this season um, for Stoke. Uh, he has Scottish grandparents, I think, um, well, we hope. So he's uh, he's qualified for Scotland. And with uh, Lyndon Dykes going to be absent for the Moldova game due to suspension, um, uh, Steve Clark wants another option up front. So we've drafted him in. So we'll see what happens that'd be quite, there, I guess. That, that'd be quite interesting. That'd be a little 1990s kind of Scottish thing to do, thinking that he's got a Scottish <laughs> granny and then getting disqualified, having got into the playoff place because his granny oh. actually was from Moldova. <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, here's one. Here, here, well, here's one for you, right? So, um, John Suter, as we mentioned previously, he's been re- um, brought into the squad uh, due to Grant Hanley's injury. He's hurt his groin playing for Norwich. Yeah. So, um, so great for great for great for John because that's uh, his first call up to Scotland in three years because he's his had a mm. absolutely horrific run with injury. So yeah. good on him that yeah. he's, he's he's back playing again. His brother Harry giant guy i think he's about six foot five he plays mm. for australia um mm, yeah. so but his brother yeah yeah so two things here right so harry actually plays for stoke so the the, the harry uh, john was doing an interview during the week and then he said oh my brother harry says this boy jacob's actually a really good player and he's an absolute like you know he's really a, a strong athlete and a really good player one for the listeners if anyone can tell me because i was talking to one of my friends about this and I, we couldn't think of anybody when was the last time that two brothers played for different nations? Yeah. You, you is, asked us about is, three or four weeks back and we've not had an answer yet. Is there, is there, that, is there, another, is there another precedent for this or is this the first time this has ever happened? I think there's probably a Spanish and South American connection, but I'm going to research it. But that's a good question. It's a very good question. Well, we'll throw that one out to our listeners. Work you can it. get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or leave a comment on one of the many podcasting places that we release this pod every every week. Well, I say every week when when we when we get the opportunity <laughs> to. We aim for every week. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit of. I, I hope somebody can come up with an answer. So I'm cu- I'm just curious what else. But uh, look, I think to go back to Scotland versus Moldova, um, it's a must win. Obviously, if we beat Moldova, we qualify second, and it turns the game against Denmark into a, a dead rubber at Hamden. Um, well, I wouldn't Denmark want to already be... through, so they don't yes. care. Yes, so I wouldn't really want to be playing Denmark at, at hand and trying to get some sort of a result because Denmark have just been, um, you know, this campaign, they've just been absolutely yeah. um, ruthless, really. 
Um, so the, Scotland's done all the hard work. They need to just get across the line here. Yes, no Lyndon Dykes, it will be a challenge. So it'll be interesting to see how Steve Clark chooses to to line up, whether he starts with Che Adams, whether he starts with two up front. But I think he just needs to be positive. Um, I think you'll find your midfield three will be Gilmore, McGregor, and John McGinn. Um, and then build your build your team around that. Um, and and yeah. and and sort of go from go so go from go there. Probably probably go McTominay um, and your um, your man that plays in Belgium, Celtic player Jack um, Henry. Jack Henry at the back yeah. with Tierney. Club Bruges, who got and smashed then, by uh, I think it was Chelsea the other day. Yeah, but all good. Yeah, and then uh, I got, think he was one of the yeah. guys that came up with pass marks actually, Jack Henry, on that particular yeah. game because uh, yeah. It was a, a tricky, a tricky fixture all round. Um, nice to see Xander Klaipak in the squad, a um, getting back, getting some recognition um, for all the things that he's doing well at St. Johnson. Um, yeah, Kieran Tierney apparently training quite well. He's yes. he's sounding pretty fit and all that kind of stuff coming together. I, I think Stuart Armstrong's going to get a game at some point, um, kind of driving from midfield. Um, but yeah, lots of really, really interesting. And and is Lyndon Dykes injured? I I wasn't aware. That no, no, Lyndon Dykes is suspended. Suspended. Ah, right. Okay, so he so he can play against Denmark, he can play against Denmark, but he can't play right. against Moldova. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jolly good. Right. Very good indeed. So where do we go from here? I think that um, we missed out a little bit about the Europa League action. Um, the coefficient has been done reasonably well by Rangers drawing in uh, in Denmark and Celtic winning in Hungary. Um, but it's looking a bit precarious for both of them in the Europa League. That's going to be a, another week or so from now, but there's no harm to talk about how well it went because Celtic played brilliantly against Ferenc Farah, so much so that they were uh, on the Europa League channels. And I don't mind saying that as a United fan, you know, they, they, they like um, Jota and uh, and your man Furahashi, they look yeah, the they look the piece. They do, they they do. They're, they're forming a really formidable duo. They actually seem to actually like each other, which I think always helps. Um, but they, you know, Jota said at one of the press conferences, they're becoming family. Like he says, I don't speaks Japanese and, and uh, Kyogre doesn't speak much or any English. He says, so I hope that he learns a bit of English and I, I hope to learn a bit of Japanese so we can talk to one another. And because at the moment we do all our talking on the, on the football park, but we'd like to, you know, so it, it sounds good. And it, and it looks like every time they score a goal, they're celebrating and it looks really like unified and, you know, it's, it's nice to see. I think that's now 29 goal contributions or either assists or goals between the two of them this season in all competitions so they're absolutely absolutely flying uh, and like you say the Europa League channel sort of picked up on that and some of the goals have just been absolutely phenomenal I still take it back to the pass from Jota uh, against against Fernandes Varas he played the played the crossfield pass um, to Kyogo who took one touch and then slotted at home it's probably you know for me it's one of the standout goals of the season um, just that the, the vision in the passing was just was sublime. Um, Rangers have drawn level with Bron. Sorry, Rangers are level with um, Sparta yeah. Prague in their group, yeah. so they've got a decent chance of qualifying, and they've got both games against you know Sparta Leon to come. Yeah, well, I, I, go back to two seconds. So Celtic have beat Betis at home. If they beat Betis, then um, they have to just basically go and get a result. But only going to get a result against um, Leverkusen over in Lever- Germany. Well, but, Leverkusen, but- interesting, Leverkusen have stuttered a bit because they were going very, very well 
and then they got absolutely smashed by Bayern Munich. Like you know, they 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 they've been going, you know, um, they they beaten München Gladbach, they smashed Celtic, they beat Augsburg. Um, then then um, they they kind of gone got the five one home defeat from from um, Bayern Munich, and then they've drawn at home to Cologne, um, beaten at home by Wolfsburg. They've lost that kind of air of invincibility. So there is a moment there. Well, I think I think the thing is, if they beat Betis, if Celtic beat Betis at home, then basically Demi against Leverkusen is a free hit. They can go over there and just give it, give it everything, and see what happens. And you know, and you never know. And I think the way that it's, the fixtures have worked out, I think that will suit them well because hopefully they're in their stride, and we see what happens. Rangers, on the other hand, it's definitely there for the taking. They're on equal points with Sparta, so they're both on four points. Uh, Bronby look out of it. So, you know, both teams, both Celtic and Rangers, will be guaranteed Conference League football at the very least going into the, the new year. But both teams have the chance to stay in the Europa League as well. So um, I guess it just depends what sort of form lines both teams are in when those two critical games come up in the next month. But, um, you know, Rangers getting their players back. So, you know, you think that they'd be a little bit more steady, a little bit stronger. But there is a bit of speculation over Steven Gerrard's future. He has been heavily linked with the Aston Villa job. Dean Smith getting the, the sack on the weekend. So I believe they will be reaching, Aston Villa will be reaching out to Rangers to talk to Steven Gerrard. So a little bit more of an official thing than the Newcastle job that end up going to Eddie Howe. Um, so it's funny how Scottish football goes, goes around in circles. Mm. Um but we'll see. We'll just see how it plays out. But when that speculation is looming, uh, whether he takes a job or not, um, you know, it, it it does have a way a way of unsettling things just a little bit. So we'll see how that just see how that plays out. Um, Richard, Anthony, your, your final, final oh, oh you're going to say to me, oh, oh, oh you're in, oh you're in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, I go for it. Thoughts, I'm dying fine. to hear because uh, you're a role man. Go for it. The Stenhouse Muir Twitter man uh, tweeted in the sixth minute of the game. Uh, against Stalin Albion, he says, apologies for the lack of updates. Our Twitter man has just had a pie chucked at him by the Sterling Albion <laughs> young team. Um, it's sitting on 1,700 retweets and 6,025 likes. Um, Scottish football in a, in, a, in a tweet. In a tweet. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm going to go with my usual theme of Qatari and the Middle Eastern doped football. Um, so I, I, I actually did go online today to see because I, I'm, I'm confident Scotland are not only going to be second in the group, but they're going to qualify via the playoff for the World Cup. So um, I'm selecting my team. And in Qatar, um, I will guarantee that I can get a match ticket. And here's the thing about FIFA and a pie and a pint for 950 US dollars. There you go. So it just wow. shows you what private equity has done to football. Um, so I would quite happily go and be the recipient of the pie in the face uh, at Stenhouse Muir, just outside Falkirk. Anthony, it's always good fun. Um, thanks so much for getting in touch and being together. And thank you, everyone, for kind of listening and giving us your feedback when you do um, we'll have a chat again in a week or so fantastic thanks Richard speak to you soon